This episode of Radio Drama Revival is brought to you by our friends at Dashlane, the form-filling, password-remembering, data-protecting, all-in-one application. It's time to jingle all the way. Dashlane, live life in the fast lane. Get yourself some cash lane, and you'll be living easy and free. Your internet experience could be so much better with Dashlane. Dashlane is a movable feast of a security application with revocable credentials you can extend to employees or untrustworthy producers. This is a subtweet. I'm being subtweeted and I don't like it. How might you integrate Dashlane into your life? Imagine this. You're on a field expedition with your social media manager who used your credit cards to buy a sword. Listen, David, I slew like eight demons with it and words cannot describe how not sorry I am. Here we are in a cyber cafe in Seoul, and I have to log in and check my accounts. But oh no, my passwords are all these 16-character alphanumeric strings that I can't remember. I changed them all using Dashlane's fabulous password generator so that someone would stop logging into my bank account. We'll never catch the ninth demon of the patriarchy if you keep whining about the past, David. But lucky for me, Dashlane is there to help me autofill these logins. And with Dashlane Premium, the application features a built-in VPN. Just the thing to protect my identity on this shaky public Wi-Fi. And I got a lock in his location. Autobots roll out. Start dashing through the internet and help support the show by visiting dashlane.com slash RDR to start your 30-day free trial of Dashlane. No credit card required. If you like it, use code RDR at checkout to save 10% on your premium subscription. All right, on to the show. This week, it's a show about context, who has it, and what they choose to do with it. It's a show about space, it's a show about family, and it's a show about conspiracy. Woe betide the bro who hides, it's Nim's nebulous notions, and it's coming up right here on Radio Drama Revival. Hey folks, welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the podcast that showcases the diversity and vitality of modern audio fiction. I'm your host, David Reinstrom. I did not know what to expect from this week's feature, Nim's Nebulous Notions. It's produced by Passer Volpez Productions, the Australian audio fiction team behind Love and Luck, a podcast that we've run on this show before. Love and Luck, in fact, was recently ranked as Australia's top fiction podcast on Apple Podcasts. Congratulations, team! Part of the bargain that Love and Luck struck with its listeners is that while characters may process traumas or struggle, it is a fundamentally optimistic show about possibility, in which nobody is going to die. That's the promise it makes with you as a listener. There's no such bargain here in Nims. It's a darker show, and though it's funny and charming in parts, this is not Love and Luck. Nim's Nebulous Notions is a podcast within a podcast. It's the work of Nim, a freelance journalist and conspiracy theorist. There's a nation called Austro-China briefly in the mix, as well as, you know, personal space travel, which helped me situate this story in future time. Like Love and Luck, Nims is serialized in short chunks of 10 to 15 minutes, but unlike Love and Luck, Aaron Kian and company dumped the entire series online all at once, Netflix style, so you could engage in a single marathon listen if you cared to. We've stitched together a few episodes for you today, but the full show runs a little under an hour and a half. So if you like these first few episodes, you can jump straight into the remainder. So here we are, 
Sit back, relax, and enjoy Nim's Nebulous Notions. Hello and welcome to Nim's Nebulous Notions. I am your host, Emma Nimton, but of course you can call me Nim. For those of you listening for the first time, welcome. And congratulations on your decision to open your eyes and your minds to see through the lies and conspiracies and corruptions which oppress us. My returning listeners will remember that last time I investigated reports of a sighting of the elusive galactic cryptid, the Celestius Sasquatchitus, and concluded that in this instance the claims were false. However, I remain dedicated to tracking down this most mysterious creature, so any sightings can be reported to nimsnotions at gmail.com. Today, I am on a new quest. I recently received a tip about a strange transmission. Let me play it for you now. Alert. Population depleted. Unable to advance agenda with present resources. Guidance requested. Send additional humans to consume or provide new instructions. Message repeats. Fascinating, isn't it? And rather disturbing. I traced the source and discovered that it appears to be emanating from an abandoned ship. I tried to find out more about what the ship is and where it comes from, but unsurprisingly, the government is blocking me at every turn. (laughs) They claim to have nothing to hide, but if that is the case, why do they deny my requests for information? Here are some excerpts from my correspondence with the Austro-China Signals Directorate. I, Gian McKinnon, am an officer authorized under Section 23.1 of the FOI Act to make decisions in relation to FOI requests. This is an official audio recording of official correspondence provided in addition to text documents in accordance with the Government Correspondence Accessibility Act of 2034. You requested access to documents relating to ship, cargo, and passenger records. Specifically, you sought access to any record of a ship with the unique broadcast signature you provided, any record of a ship with a malevolent being on board within the Perseus arm and surrounding areas. Under Section 37.1 of the FOI Act, I neither confirm nor deny that any documents of the type you have requested exist in Austro-China Signals Directorate, ASD, records. The FOI Act allows agencies to refuse access without confirming or denying the existence of a document in certain narrow circumstances. These are where a document, if it existed, would be exempt under Section 33, Documents Affecting National Security, Defense, or International Relations, or Section 37.1, Documents Affecting Enforcement of Law and Protection of Public Safety. If you are dissatisfied with my decision, you can register an appeal at... I don't know who they think they're fooling, but I am not taken in. The full text of all three letters is available on my website for those of you who want to see more government lies. So, I am en route to the Perseus Arm where the signal originated. I will investigate this ship myself and get to the bottom of this transmission. Discover who these people were, these consumed people, and find out who or what consumed them. It will, of course, be dangerous. I did attempt to find a partner or partners for this quest. 
I sent a copy of the transmission to Tyler Richards. I'm sure everybody already knows who he is, but Tyler Richards is... Quite frankly, he's a genius. The way he just hones in on the truth, the the passion he shows for what he does, his intelligence, his clarity of thought, his insight, he's... he's just... He's incredible, and I'm not doing him justice, so I'm going to play my absolute favorite Tyler Richards moment. Good morning, and welcome to the Bro's Nest, the premier destination for a bird's-eye view of what is really happening in the world. I am your host, Tyler Richards. I'm recording this on the run, my bros. They found my brotel and are after me for what I'm about to tell you. Prepare to have your minds blown. Task Force Ferdinand, I have uncovered documentation that points to the fact that scientist and analyst Dr. Satinder Chopra is running a super-secret task force on workforce productivity for the Americas. And they are not telling us about it! Why is it a secret, brochachos? The brutality, the grotesque nature of the suspected neural programming! I hereby challenge the American Life King and Dr. Chopra to come clean and tell us what exactly they are investigating with Task Force Ferdinand! Isn't he just amazing? You can just really tell how much he cares about everything. He's so dedicated to finding out the truth and exposing the lies, and of course he's really good at it. He's very smart. And daring. He got arrested for his Task Force Ferdinand series. True, it was for being a nuisance to the government, but obviously that was cover story. They were clearly afraid he was getting too close to the truth. He is the reason that I have dedicated my life to searching for the truth. Listening to his show... It started to hit me just how many secrets are being hidden from us. It'll take more than one dedicated man to uncover them all. So I began working on exposing these conspiracies as well. Unfortunately, well, Tyler Richards is a very busy man. Very popular. Of course he wouldn't have time to devote to this particular quest. I had hoped he might mention it on his show. Perhaps one of his other fans listeners, would have been interested in joining me. But, well, like I said, there are so many secrets. I'm not at all surprised he didn't have the time to mention it. I've been thinking about the message from the transmission. About what it could possibly mean. Part of it seems obvious, but that makes it all the more concerning, really. Population depleted. Well... That means everybody on the ship is dead, I assume. Or at the very least, gone. Except whoever, or whatever, is sending the message. Send fresh humans to consume. What a horrific concept. It sounds like whatever is on this ship is eating people, and if this message is directed to somebody specific, then there's somebody complicit in this... This monstrous crime, this atrocity. Somebody is providing this entity with people for the purpose of being eaten. Eaten? Who and why? How many people have been devoured by some... some monster? 
And what is the agenda spoken of? If the consumption of humans is just part of a plot, then how heinous must the whole scheme be? Listeners, while it has been no time at all for you, for me, weeks have passed and I have arrived at the source of the signal. It is indeed a ship, though smaller than I had expected. I don't recognize the class, but it couldn't hold more than 20 or so people, which is rather a small population to deplete. Unless it's an alien vessel, and humans were simply the food source. Still, I infer from the message that there is only one... being remaining. I don't suppose I have to worry about being overrun by tiny aliens. I hope. In any case, I have begun the docking process, and I'm suited up in the event of a breach. Or, I suppose, if the air on the ship is not breathable by humans. The airlock entry is via a projection at... Well, I believe it's the top of the ship, though, as I said, I'm unfamiliar with this design. I haven't done many cases where I've had to do any exploring before, so I had a bit of fun putting together my gear. For example, I doubt the gravity will still be functional after all this time, so I'm wearing the magnetized boots I wear for emergency ship repairs. I've got a spare power source for my light attachment, and I've prepared some emergency oxygen that I've left just inside my own airlock, along with my first aid kit. I have another smaller first aid kit to take with me, of course, and an emergency transmitter. Plus, and it feels a little silly, I admit, a small club. I'm not very capable when it comes to combat, but I think I'll feel a little better having something to defend myself with, just in case. And... oh! I'm docked. This is it. Wow. I'm about to board a mostly abandoned, possibly alien, vessel. Okay. I'm in my own airlock now. Okay, I'm in the other airlock, and... Okay, it's closed. Decompressing. Okay. Here goes. There's a hatch in the floor leading to the rest of the ship. I'm opening it up, and... There's a ladder descending into the darkness. My light shows a few rungs, but I'm going to have to descend to see the space below. No sign yet of any other life. Alright, I'm going to demagnetize my boots and lower myself down. So, the good news is that the gravity is functional. The bad news is that the gravity was functional and falling down a ladder hurts. Ow. If, if, if you're not dead, you, you, you will be soon. Landing here was a m- m- mistake, and you, you know it. Oh god. No. No. I'm not letting them scare me off. Come on, Nim, you can do this. 
I can do this. Okay, listeners. I'm in a fairly large, rectangular room. There's what appears to be a galley that's kitchen to you landfolk, and what, honestly, I would call a living room. There are a series of plush but ancient-looking couches pushed up against the walls opposite a large viewport. Oh! Listeners, I found a data pad. This might be the key that blows the whole investigation open. I'm plugging it into my field data pad, which, of course, has been scrubbed of any of my information and is untraceable. Oh, there's an audio file. Begin secure transmission. We're two years into the mission now. This will be my final transmittal home before we... Huh? What are you doing up so late? Shh. Go back to sleep. I forgot to send these earlier. It's okay. Make it quick. Mark is stealing the pillows and he's not as soft as you. <laughs> All right, sweet potato. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> Everyone has acclimated to the altered ship's air and gravity, so there shouldn't be any problems transitioning to our destination environment. I think we have a good chance of making this work. We haven't torn each other apart yet, and we've got enough of the things we need and plenty of entertainment and work to do around the ship. I'll leave this here. It's late and my husbands are waiting. See you on the other side. End secure transmission. Begin new call. Hmm... Okay, so now I know of at least three crew members. A woman and her husbands, one of whom is named Mark. And I know that the mission lasted at least two years. I wonder... Oh, scans are complete. Okay, it's a standard, human-friendly atmosphere. I'm going to switch to the filter to save my oxygen, but keep the mask on just in case that changes. I guess I'll start by looking around. I wonder why they made the room like this. I mean, it does look a lot like a living room, and over here, the kitchen... Oh, God. Is this blood? Am I walking in blood? Oh, God. The floor's all sticky and everything's red and... Oh. Okay. No, it... isn't blood. I don't really know what it is. Some weird alien floor surface, I guess. Who has sticky floors? That's just gross. Moving on. What was I saying? Right. Kitchen. This definitely looks like a kitchen. Like, this is a dining table with a data pad on it. Oh, wow. I wonder if I can access this. Does this belong to the humans who were forced to live here until they were eaten? Or is this alien technology? Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. This is really exciting. Like, hang on a sec. I'm going to see if my device can connect with this. Okay, it's scanning. This could take a while. Anyway, whether this belongs to the humans or the aliens, this is groundbreaking. 
Surely there will be some evidence here of what happened, what, what was being done to these people. Did they know in advance they were going to be eaten, or did they just know that sometimes one of the others would disappear? And how... Oh, my stars. My datapad was able to connect to this one, too. And listeners, the first file it found was another audio log. Are you ready? Here we go. Om has been a huge help. The kids trust her. The magic of grandmothers hasn't worn off yet, I guess. I was against her coming along at first, but now that she's here and we're on the way... I'm grateful she's here. She's a brilliant mechanic. Preventative maintenance is always better than choice. Cloning me. We should have enough stock from the clones to last, as we can always harvest more from them. Great specimens in cryo. I know Mission Control wants to see what they can splice into their... Last resort. They currently have on the ground. I know it's often a mistake to splice native and non-native. Empty night? Did you hear that? Clones! Harvesting vivisection? Oh my. Oh golly, this... This is real. This is... This is an atrocity. I... I guess I was right about there being something happening here. It's different, though, to know for sure. The recording's awfully garbled, though. I wonder if there's a way to clear it up. Maybe if... Oh, my stars. Stars and stones, there's an arm. A... A disembodied arm just lying on this bench with knives sticking out of it. Oh, God. Oh, wait. This is... It's fake. It's fake? What? Why has it got knives in it? Oh my god, are they stabbing fake human arms as practice? Oh, okay, the knives come out really easily. I think... I think it's a knife block? Yep, knife block. Okay, that's really weird. I don't really know what to make of that. Why would... Ugh, I don't understand this place so far. Okay, I think I'm going to move to another room, but first I'm going to copy these files so I have a backup. For my new listeners, I mentioned this data pad before. I always carry a spare that can't connect to the net so that I have a secure copy of everything I find. You can never be too careful. Okay, and... they're sinking. Right. Onwards. One of the doors has pictures of meat products on it. I think I'm going to go with the other door. The one with the stars. Oh, it's the cockpit! 
Fantastic. Oh, for stars' sake, another one. A skull. No, a whole fake skeleton this time. Somebody had a really morbid sense of humor. I mean, it doesn't even look that realistic. It's... It's... Oh. Oh, stars. It's real. It's real! There's a bit of disconnect between knowing something bad happened, even hearing evidence of it, and then actually coming face to face with that. Finding the skeleton... It's thrown me a little. I could tell as soon as I touched it, and... Oh, part of me wants to run away and not look back, you know? Find something to investigate that isn't quite so horrible. But something happened here. Something terrible, and that body... Whoever it was... I'm not letting them down. I'm going to find out what happened here, and I'm going to bring it to light. I left the cockpit. I had to get out of there. I'm back in the room I fell into. I need... I don't know. I'm trying to be brave because I want to find out what happened here, but I'm kind of scared to open another door right now. I hate admitting that, but what if there's something worse behind the next door? I wish I could be more... detached. Do the investigating without the nerves. But that's not who I am, I guess. Who I am is somebody who isn't used to skeletons and bodies except in theory. Who I am is... Hang on, let me sit for a minute. Who... Oop! Sorry, sorry. I sat on something and thought... But no. It's the first data pad. Let me check it. Yes, there are a few more audio files. Let's try this one. I know you're hiding something, but I don't understand why. That's enough. We don't know why the drive failed. There's no use in being hysterical. I can feel how scared and angry you are. We're all stuck here together. Stop pretending like we're not <sighs> all in grave danger. Listen, this isn't constructive. Can we... There's a fire on third deck! I think Emery's still down there! No! That's... Wow. The first speaker sounded... young. Not young, not a child, but a teenager maybe? Or somebody about my age? And she was talking about secrets and danger and then a fire. I hope... Oh... I was about to say that I hope they weren't hurt, but, well, I'm pretty sure that even if they weren't hurt in the fire, everybody on that recording is dead now. 
sorry, that's a little morbid, but I think that's the way this whole investigation is going to go. Right. Time to keep moving, listeners. I'll start backing up these files as well, and in the meantime, I think it's time to try another door. I... I really don't want to use the one with the meat on it. Not just yet. Not the way things have been going. Which leaves... Oh. Oh, stars, what a marvel! These types of doors... Well, they haven't been used in decades. Perhaps even a century. They were terribly popular for a time. Apparently, they based the design on a popular fictional franchise, and nostalgia for it kept them in use long after they should have been replaced with a more practical alternative. Still, to see one... That's remarkable. Sorry, I'm prattling on. Okay, I'm in a hallway now with three more doors and a set of stairs going down. I'm not seeing a lift or a ramp. That's not very accessible. Oh, doors with palm scanners. Stars, I never thought I'd see biometric locks. They're, well, they're next to useless, really. There are far too many people with similar prints for it to be an effective security measure. These locks are even more archaic than the doors. It makes me think. Either this ship is quite old, or whoever... whatever constructed it took their cues from ancient popular media. Right. Let's see what's behind door number one. Hmm... I'd rather not break in just yet. I'll try the other doors first. Darn. Well, I suppose... I suppose if this last one doesn't work, I could... I could always try that fake severed hand. I mean, it's not like... like the skeleton would... Oh, thank the stars. Oh. Oh, wow, it's... It looks like a bedroom, but this bed is massive. Like, whatever sleeps here is easily three or four times my size, maybe even five. And there's a desk with a computer, and... Oh, stars. Human anatomy textbooks. That... That can't be good. And on the wall above the desk, there's a sign with tally marks. Days since FTL failure. Oh, stars, the failed drive they mentioned in the last recording. It was the faster-than-light drive. Oh, what a disaster. They would have been stranded. Was it sabotage? Is that how the aliens did it? Maybe this isn't an alien vessel at all, but a human one that was targeted by them. And then the occupants would have been stuck, just sitting there, ripe for the taking. Oh, stars. I'm going to try the computer, see if... Yes, it still has power. Oh, that's... Hmm. The desktop image is... It looks like a family photograph. Two children at the beach. 
That does seem to support the theory that this was a human ship all along. Oh, gosh. I hope the kids weren't on the ship. Hmm. Nothing labeled, this is exactly what happened, so I guess I'll have to do it the hard way. I'm going to do a search for FTL drive failure, and... Damn. Nothing. Okay, how about just drive and fail together? One result. Okay, it's part text and part audio. The text looks like, honestly, a bit like computer code, and it says... Drive busy, retrying while spin flag equals one, three times. Drive unresponsive, abort, retry, fail, and retrying, twice. Then, drive does not exist. Please insert drive. Could this be the moment of sabotage? This seems to be when the drive failed. I wonder if I can discover what caused it. This is only part of the file. Let me see. Okay, there's more code, and it says... Oh my. Failed to execute. Unsafe perm in life cycle 1. Exit status 0. Error code E life cycle. Sounds awfully sinister. I think I better copy this file, too. Attention. Humans cannot return to a living state from a deceased state. Please remember to treat the private belongings of others with the proper respect. What was that? I mean, aside from being really, really creepy, who sets up a threatening recorded message when people try to copy your files? Actually, that's kind of a cool idea. But perhaps slightly less with the death. Oh, gosh. What if it's set to notify somebody when that's triggered to play? What if the aliens know I'm here now? Oh, stars. NIMS Nebulous Notions was written by Jamie Drake, A.L. Reynolds, Morgan Juna, and Aaron Kian. It was produced by Passable Pez Productions in association with A.L. Reynolds and Jamie Drake. This episode featured, in order of appearance, Sarah Roach as Nim, Katie Denton as Cassie Riggs-Jorgen, Kathy Syrett as B. Jorgen, Elisa Park as Katie Riggs-Jorgen, Andrew Consolino as Mark Riggs-Jorgen, and Mills Ross as Al, with credits read by Aaron Kian. Our website is nimsnotions.com. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at nimsnotions at gmail.com or send a tweet our way at at nimsnotions. If you'd like to support Aaron Kian and Lee Davis Thalbert in their creative endeavors, head to patreon.com slash passervolpez, that's P-A-S-S-E-R-V-U-L-P-E-S, and lend them your support. And stick around for next week's show when I talk to the talented duo about Nims, Love and Luck, their newest work, Supernatural Sexuality with Dr. Seabrook, and just about everything else under the dang sun. If you'd like to help us fight the nine demons of the patriarchy, lend us your hot bucks over at patreon.com slash radiodramarevival. All right, my perfect little beans, it's that time again, your moment of will. Hello, listener. I come to you this week with some fun 
conspiracy theory trivia. So, a while back, there was a conspiracy theory that a very popular tater tot review Instagram was being run by somebody famous, and this conspiracy theory turned out to be true. Who was running the tater tot Instagram? If you don't know, I will tell you next episode when we have our interview with the creators of Nim's Nebulous Notions. And hey, listeners, there's no conspiracy about it. It's just true that you're wonderful. Wow. Okay, bye. And now let us sound the traditional end of episode gong, followed by the sound of a madrigal choir being put into a duffel bag. The sounds of that gong and that choir tell me it's time for the credits. This podcast is recorded in Washington, D.C., which is the unceded territory of the Piscataway Indian Nation, the Piscataway Kanoi Tribe, the Pamunkey people, and the Nanticoke people. If you live in the Americas, Australia, or New Zealand, you can learn more about the native, First Nations, or indigenous heritage of your area by visiting whose.land. Our theme music is Danger Diggy Doo by DJ Stranger Danger. You can find his music on SoundCloud. Our line producer and associate interviews producer is Will Williams. Our senior interviews producer is Eli McElveen. Our associate producer is Sean Howard. Our researcher is Heather Cohen. Our social media manager is Ann Baird. Our submissions editors are Elena Fernandez-Collins and Rashika Rao. Our executive producer is Fred Greenhalge. I'm your host, David Reinstrom, and this has been Radio Drama Revival. All storytellers welcome. <laughs>